0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Hey, welcome to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. And in the spirit of before and after, we're doing a little game show thing for married couples. So, um, and disclaimer, we are not responsible for any arguments that this may cause in your marriage. Um, But with that being said, can we please uh, make some noise for the Bermuda's family. All right, all right, all right. Make your way on up. So wife will be over here. Husband will be on the other side of the stage. And here are, no, no, all the way over there where the blue hacky sack is, and you can pick that up. So here are the rules. The rules are, and Pastor Trevor, can you pass me the uh, gift card, please, because we're not just doing this for fun. You're doing this for the opportunity to win a gift card to, uh, I was going to say Stone Cold Steve Austin, Cold Stone Ice Creamery. There we go. All right, all right, so here are the rules. I'm gonna ask you four questions. If you answer them right, you get to move up a hacky sack, hence getting closer to your goal. At the end of this, you'll have one opportunity to take the hacky sack, make it into the hole, and if you make it, you get the gift card. If not, you get publicly shamed in front of the entire church. Sound good? All right, so Roxy, and ask four questions, you're gonna have to write them down, and he's gonna have to guess the answers. Are we all good, are we clear? Any? You want? Are you ready? You're representing all husbands today. All right, disclaimer.
1: Honey, in no way does this reflect the love I have for you. If I don't know these (laughs) questions, I just have a bad memory. Sorry.
0: All right, let's get into it. Question number one. What is your spouse's favorite TV show? So you go ahead and write it down. What is your spouse's favorite TV show? And then you let me know when you're ready, Roxy. You good? All right. So, what is your spouse's favorite TV show?
1: I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: Magnum. Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. Modern Family. Uh, kind of close. There was an M. There was an M in there. I don't know. All right. No, 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 no. You stay where you are. You stay where you are. All right. Question number two. How long was your engagement how long was your engagement hey no cheating how long like when you asked her to marry her until you got married so from when you proposed until when you your wedding day a rough estimate you got it how long was your engagement you got it All right. How long was your engagement?
1: I don't know. Uh,
0: Nine months. Nine months? One year and a half? Oh, man. That is not nine months. But, hey, you've still got two more opportunities. I think you got this. Um, God is a God of comebacks. Am I right? All right. Question number three. What is your spouse's favorite breakfast food? What is your spouse's favorite breakfast food? I think, yeah, this one's kind of a, this one's pretty good, yeah, I think. You got it, Rox? Yeah, all right, what is your spouse's favorite breakfast food? Eggs. Eggs, eggs! So you move up one, there you go, there you go. All right, all right. Last question, you can get a little bit, you can get a little bit closer. Um, I think you got this last and final question. Oh, boy. Answer answer wisely. Who is the better driver? Who is, you wrote your answer? Who is the better driver? Remember that disclaimer in the beginning. Me. Oh! So you move up one more. All right, now here's the thing. You have one opportunity, underhand toss into the cornhole, three two one hey guys give it up for them congratulations thank you guys so much enjoy today's service
2: all right well how is everybody doing today how you feeling man i i put you on a roller coaster i prayed and I prayed to the point where some of y'all were, like, sweating. I saw it, and, and then Mikey comes in and lightens the mood really good, and now it's time for me to, like, drop the hammer on you again, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to try to do that, but I do have a word, and I want to share it with you. And let me just pray before we do it. God, we need you. We love you. We thank you for the good things that you do. Thank you for relationships. Thank you for family. God, thank you for uh, this message. And I pray that it would speak to hearts and lives. I pray that they would have the ears to hear what it is you want to say it's in jesus name we pray amen amen Amen. well again those of you online welcome to renew church everybody in the room i am so so glad that you are here today and i pray that like i say that you have the heart to 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 hear and the ears to hear what it is that god's gonna say in this message for the last couple of weeks we've been in this sermon series um, called before and after before you do after you did and uh, we started with this, this concept of pursuing God. That's the foundation. And we talked about pursuing your spouse. And, and uh, I, I got into that a little bit last week. You can always go back to our archive, go to our YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and uh, see some of those uh, previous messages in that. Um, next week is the final week in the series And we're doing a message called Hearing Voices You don't want to miss it It's going to be a good message Good final message for the series So just make sure that you come and invite a friend For, for the last week in Hearing Voices But this week I'm focusing on a message Called Pursuing Purity Pursuing Purity And it's, it's hard before you do Before you say I do To be, be pure in your relationship Isn't it, Right? And, and after you did, for different reasons, it's also hard. Sometimes it's for other reasons, but it is challenging to uh, stay pure um, in, in the times before you do and after you did. Now, without showing hands, because I'm not going to try to make anybody like, feel awkward in this moment, but without showing your hands, just think about the answer for a second. How important, I mean, does is purity play an important role in your relationship? Yes or no? Just think about it. You don't have to show your hands. The answer should obviously be a resounding yes. Uh, purity is a big thing. It plays a huge role in your relationships. and In fact, uh, the scripture talks a lot about it. Just a quick search um, would be able to in the Bible. You could find about 187 verses and probably more if I do a harder search, but 187 verses in the context of sexual purity in the Bible. Here's some of the wisdom literature on this. And this is what the, uh, uh, Solomon says. And Solomon was the writer of most of Proverbs. He says uh, this in, in Proverbs chapter 7. He's talking about a youth that he was observing. And, and it, he says in Proverbs 7, now I want you to read the whole chapter later, but he's looking down and he says, I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. Who had no sense. There are some senseless people in the world. And he noticed this one and he was walking a path towards temptation. He was on his way on a path towards temptation, and it says that this, this person that he was walking towards, she had crafty intent, and, and you, can, you can call her whoever she is or whatever form she came in, but she had crafty intent, and this, this, this woman says to, to the youth, he says, come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Verse 21, with persuasive words she led him astray and she seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. I mean, that's a pretty strong words, right? Like he's saying that this youth who had no sense that started going his own path, following into temptation was like an ox going to slaughter. He says like a deer stepping into a trap, into a noose. Till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing that it will cost him his life. And again, without showing hands, how many of you know people that have lost their, their, their life as they know it? Maybe not literally lost their physical life, but lost their, their marriage life, their family life, their relationships, all because they... They, they had no sense and they, they walked into a path of destruction and, 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 and like an ox to the slaughter. It says in verse 27 of Proverbs 7, her house is a highway to the grave. This is temptation's house leading down to the chambers of death. It's a lot stronger than we make it seem in our society. In our society, it's like a moving target. In our society, it, it feels like like things have have changed quite a bit in the last 50 years. Anybody remember I Love Lucy? Raise your hand if you seen seen or remember I Love Lucy. Lucy Lucille Ball, Ricky Ricardo, the crazy uh, couple. He's Cuban, she's I don't know, just a red-haired crazy American lady, and uh, she's always driving him nuts. Always driving him him crazy. One thing about the show from, from, you know, 50 years ago was um, they, would, they would go to the, into the bedroom, and when the cameras would go into the bedroom, you remember what the bedroom looked like? Yes. Two separate beds, nightstand in the middle. <laughs> and, and literally, like, I'm not saying that that's the way you should be married. I think you ought to sleep in the same bed. I think you ought to, to have more intimacy than that. But how far the world has gone, isn't it? How far the world has come in the last... 40 to 50 years. Today, TV portrays unmarried and even same-sex couples in bed together. There are entire shows focused on how to win The Bachelor. There are entire, like... Television commercials, like like prescriptions, I, I, literally, I get more nervous when I'm watching TV with my girls when the commercials come on than when the television's on because I'm worried about some of these like prescriptions and some of these different things. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's fine. But it's like literally, I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we watching on regular network television? My point is, is culture has pushed us and point pu- pushed us and, uh, our boundaries to a breaking point. And the idea of sexual purity is presented more as a joke than as a goal for men and women. It's it's more of like, no, we don't do that. Nobody does that. That's not the way life is. Yet just because society has changed, it doesn't mean the Bible has changed. Like literally, yes, 50 years, what what has happened in the last 50 years since I Love Lucy to, to The Bachelor today. But this is the same Bible that my dad read. This is the same Bible that my grandfather read and his father and his father and and, and you go back to 1970 to 1570 to AD 70 it's the same scriptures do you get what I'm saying this does not change just because society changes this does not change God has not changed he's the same yesterday today and forever the call to purity and holiness is just as clear then as it is today but you see the moving target that we have? Do you see the, the things that we are faced with and our society is faced with? So, how did we get to this place? How did we get here? I, I think there's a few reasons. Number one, greater temptations. I mean, you, you used to have to go into the gas station and pick the dirty magazine off the rack and pay the clerk and hope nobody walks in at just the wrong time, nobody that you know. But now you don't do that. Now it's right in your pocket. Porn is on most every streaming site that you, you, you subscribe to, it's right there. And there's just this greater temptation and easier access to it. Another uh, reason for this is different standards. What was once seen as wrong is now seen as normal. I, I still remember when a catchy tune came out. And kids in my youth group some 15 years ago when I was a youth pastor, uh, this tune normalized and even popularized a temptation that became an anthem to so many students in that generation. In fact, uh, I think it led to some of them actually committing to, uh, a, a fully committing to a homosexual lifestyle. Because a, a, a young lady that's 19 years old, that's on television, and that has a good voice and a catchy tune says that this is okay, it must be okay. I literally can pinpoint it in, in, in some of the things that happened in my ministry back 15 years ago. And I think to myself, this is is the world that we're living in. This is the path that we found ourselves in. Doesn't matter what the Bible says. If celebrity says it's fine, then probably it is fine because that's the world we live in. So there's different standards, greater temptation. There's, There's lots of gray areas in our society today. Think about it that, uh, you know, I didn't want to just offend, uh, millennials. I, I wanted to offend some, some, some older, uh, couples as well, but there's lots of gray areas and some of the, there's about 50 of them, right? Like you guys know about that. And, and, uh, that that's mom porn for, for many. And, and they thought, you know what, this is going to like, uh, you know, enrich our relationship, or this is going to, going to help us or, or something like that. And I, I don't get that. Like, it's, that's not the way that is. Um, these gray areas that we allow our minds to go into in these fantasies, they don't, they don't help you. They don't help the relationship. They don't help the marriage. But that's the, the cause for where we are even today. I want to remind you, just because they write it in a book and it's published, just because it's on TV, just because you see it on your phone or you hear it on the radio, it does not make it okay. This morning, my message is on pursuing purity. We've talked about pursuing God. We've talked about pursuing your spouse today. I want to talk to you about pursuing purity. And and a key thought is is you can't build a foundation of purity on a life of sin. You can't build a a foundation of purity on a life of sin. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. See, I'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, and I don't know if anybody else, maybe it's COVID or whatever it was, but, but like I, I have become more of a, uh, a germaphobe in the last couple of years. Anybody else that away? Anybody do this kind of thing where when you get a water bottle, you kind of go like this, and you just kind of watch the seal break just to make sure it pops? Anybody? Yeah, y'all do that, right? Some of y'all? This last week, I was out exercising. And uh, I, I took a water bottle with me to, to exercise, and I, I go to this little field, and I do a run over there. And, and when I, I, I do, I, I just have one water bottle with me. Well, I took it with me, and I got it out of my kitchen, out of my pantry, and, and out of the packaging. So I knew where it came from, but I remember going to where I was going to start my exercise. And I, I try to pop this, the, the seal, and I didn't see it pop. I didn't see the, the seal break. So guess what I did? I exercised without water that day. I probably don't recommend that and you're not supposed to do that, but I, I literally popped the seal and the water looked fine. I'm sure it was perfect. I'm sure I just, like, my eyes must have been cloudy and I didn't see it, But maybe, but I, I poured the water out. And yet, wh- why do you say that, Trevor? Because if we were to do the same thing when it came to, like, hints of sexual impurity like how much how, how much different would our life be like the thing is is oftentimes like we'll let like little drips or or, or little bits or little things into our life and say it's really not going to hurt anything but guess what nobody's going to let anybody touch their water bottle nobody's going to let just even one little drop of arsenic in your water it's just a little bit it's just a, a little hint of it right no, no no that's a that's ludicrous Trevor you're not nobody's going to do that and yet in our lives and in our relationships, we let little hints of impurity in. We let these little drips of, of, of sin into our life, taking the form of pornography or, or conversations on the side or, 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 or friends that are with benefits. Let me ask you some, some questions this morning. And again, I don't want to get anybody in trouble this morning. I don't want to call anybody out. But you just help me answer these questions, okay? Is there a hint of sexual immorality, uh, immorality in the following, okay? The following context. Number one, sex with your secretary. Is there a hint of immorality in that? Yes, yes right? You don't have to answer it, but you can if you want. Okay, uh, how about this one? Going to a gentleman's club. I don't know why they call it a gentleman's club. There's nothing gentle about it. But is there a hint of sexual immorality in that? Yes, right? Okay, so um, what about this? Watching porn that you bought at the the adult bookstore. Again, I don't know why they call it an adult bookstore, but uh, watching pornography uh, in that way, yes, right? There is a hint of sexual immorality in those things. What about looking at an attractive woman in a provocative swimsuit at the beach for just a few seconds? Is there a hint of sexual immorality in that? The answer is yes. And, and, and ladies, the same goes for you. If there's a, a man at the beach and he takes care of his body a little bit better than your husband does, and you take that extra look, is there a hint yes. of sexual immorality in that? That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's, he's saying don't even allow a hint of it into your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at, at verse... Uh, let me go to verse 12 and then I'm going to skip down to verse 18 uh, only for the sake of time. Verse 12, he says, uh, I have the right to do anything, you say, but, every, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. He goes on to talk about uniting yourself with a prostitute and being one with her in body. The two become one flesh. And then in verse 18, he says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. The Apostle Paul is saying to flee from sexual immorality. When we really do think about our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, when we really do consider the fact that God lives inside of us, we consider harder like what it is that we do. We we consider what it is that we put in, and we we think about the things that we're allowing into our mind and into our hearts and into our ears. Here's three things that I want you to get when pursuing purity. If you're taking notes, these are in your worship guide. Number one, purity starts on the inside. Purity starts on the inside. Instead of trying to fix everything on the outside, start on the inside. You see, we can cross dozens of lines of sin in the heart before we even cross the line of adultery. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that are happening inside of our heart that nobody else can see, and, and, and those lines are, are getting crossed before we even cross the line of, of adultery. Just because it's not visible to everyone doesn't mean you don't have sin destroying you on the inside. Jesus, when he encountered the Pharisees, he would say to them, he would call them sometimes, accuse them of of being a whitewashed tomb. On the outside, you looked perfect. On the outside, you were clean and and righteous, sounding and looking. But he called them a whitewashed tomb. In other words, what was on the inside was death. So we've got to make sure that, that that purity doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. It the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 10 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We've got to make every thought obedient to Christ. This is a key. Make every thought obedient to Christ. Every time you get a thought that comes in your mind, you, you, you take that extra look at that lady or that man, or that, that you have that, 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 that you know... Uh, Thing, that, that fantasy that you have or that temptation You've got to take that thought captive for Christ And say Jesus help me Satan get behind me God give me strength to overcome Whatever it is that I'm facing Right here and right now You stop where you are and do that Jesus said it in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount He said you've heard it said you shall not commit adultery But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman Lustfully Has already committed adultery With her in his heart he says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, throw it, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. So we're... What are we saying? Is the application today to go home and get a knife and cut your arm off, to go home and, and, and gouge out your eye? No, absolutely not. But Jesus is saying, if that's what it's going to take, then you ought to do that rather than face an eternity in hell. So what do you ought to do? You ought to go in and, and start doing a heart check, a, a heart surgery from the inside out, cleaning up those things that are not right in God's sight. So first thing That purity starts in the inside. Second thing, watch what you watch. Watch what you watch. It's not just entertainment. And the things that you watch have a way of literally burning into your mind so that even 30 years later, those images can come back. How do I know that? Because I have some of those images from when I was a teenager. I have some of those experiences when I was at a friend's house and their parents were at home and I saw things that I shouldn't have seen. And I still know those things. And so do I want those things? Does my wife want those things? going through my mind, no. But I've got to watch what I watch. It's the law of diminishing returns. It's an economic principle. It's a principle I've shared before. I've shared it in in many different uh, contexts. But the more you use something, the less value you get from it. So what do you mean, Trevor? The more you use it, the less value you get from it. Here's an example. Glazed donuts. It's breakfast time. I'm a little hungry. Glazed donuts. The more you eat them, the less you enjoy them. The more you eat them, the less you appreciate them. So what do you need? You need a juicier one. You need a fancier one. You need them more often. You've got to have more and more donuts. and, And they're no longer a treat. They're just what I had for breakfast. You get what I'm saying? The same thing is true with sexual sin. Like it starts with just a look. And then it goes to, you know what, I'm just going to buy this little magazine. And then, you know what, I'm going to subscribe to this thing. And, and then I'm going to just go see this person. And then I'm going to go to this, this club. And then I'm going to start cheating on my wife or my husband. It's the law of diminishing returns. And it starts with just a little thought. It starts with just this little thing. But then it begins to grow inside of you to where that wasn't enough. And I need just a little bit more. So what goes goes from a look to an addiction to destroying families, destroying marriages, changing the, the course of history for generations to come. So watch what you watch. Purity starts on the inside, and then number three, your response matters. Your response matters. Some of y'all are hearing some of this, and your 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 response to what I'm saying right now matters. It's going to affect the way you your future. It's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your future marriage. If you're not married, it's going to affect uh, whatever it is that you're in right now. Your response to this. And here's your responses. One is justification. I'm good. What are you talking about? This guy's nuts. He's, He's over the top like this is 2023. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He needs to come back to reality because everybody does this. Right? Justification. Your response matters. How's that going to work for you? I I can tell you because I've seen it. I've seen the way people, they they live like that. And and what happens? It destroys families. It destroys marriages. So justification is one option. The second option is remorse. You're sorry. I'm I'm remorseful for what happened, but I'm sorry for the wrong reasons. Like, I'm sorry after I did it. You know, when you you commit that sin and and the the urge is over and the, the passion is gone, it's just like this guilt. And there's this remorse but it's almost like it's only for a moment it's only for a few few minutes or a few days and then the urge comes back and the desires come back and it it wasn't what it needs to be it's just like almost like I'm sorry that I got caught I'm sorry that that I feel bad about this I'm gonna change I'm gonna change something but I'm not gonna change everything I don't want to do a real heart work I'm gonna make a little course correction But I'm also going to figure out how to not get caught next time. Or I'm going to just push God more and more out of my life so that I don't feel this sorrow anymore. So it's justification, it's remorse, or the right response. Your response matters. The right response, which is repentance. The the right response is the response of repentance. It's turning from our sin and our selfishness to turn towards God and his will for our lives. You see, repentance is more than remorse. Yes, part of, of, of uh, repentance is remorse. I'm sorry that I did it. I'm sorry that I made this mistake. I feel bad about it. I feel terrible about it. But it goes beyond that because I, I'm not just sorry, but I, I've turned from my, my sin and my selfishness. I'm going the opposite direction. I'm beginning to walk in a new path, in a new way. So repentance is saying, I'm going to figure out whatever it takes to put the guardrails up in my life, to to change the patterns, to change my habits, to change my relationships, to change the people I hang around so that I don't have to go this path anymore. I'm pursuing purity with everything inside of me. Here's some practical ways to stay pure if you're taking notes. Number one, accountability. Accountability, that's a word that's not very popular in our society. People don't want to be accountable. People don't want to talk to anybody about anything. They, they would rather just, hey, this is my business. Mind your own business. Accountability, men with men, women with women, having an opportunity to share. And the accountability is not with your wife, especially if that's your struggle, if sexual sins is your struggle. You've got to have accountability with another man that can help you if you're a man, if you're a woman with another woman that can help you and can walk with you because who's the one that you're going to keep it from? Your wife, your husband. So accountability, men with men, women with women. Change your your habits. If the gym has too much temptation, let me just tell you, stop going to the gym. Like, figure out a different way to stay in shape. Figure out a different way to, to get healthy. If that's the place where you find the temptation strongest, stop and change your habits. Redirect the way that you're spending your time. Third, third thing is, is change your associations. If you're married, don't go to lunch with a, a, a co-worker by yourself of the opposite sex. Is that extreme? Maybe. Maybe, but you want, you want extreme change? Do you want God to, to work in your relationship? Make extreme choices. Decide what it is that, that matters most to you. If, if there's even a hint of, you know, temptation on your social media just turn it off cancel it make sure your wife has full access to it your husband has full access to it make sure that you guys are seeing each other's stuff their text messages make sure that this isn't anything where it's like man I I gotta go because my wife's about to pull in if that's the case it's over before it even started first Thessalonians 5 Paul says, don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. Figure out what that means for you. You know, whatever that evil is, or even the appearances of evil, if there's even a hint of of this could lead to something that I'm not happy with, I'm not happy about, or it, it, it could have a a lasting effect on my marriage and on my family, I'm going to change my path, I'm going to change my patterns, I'm going to do something different. Whatever it takes, if you want your marriage to last, if you want a stronger relationship which ultimately will lead to a stronger family, pursue purity. For those of you that are single, this applies to you as well talked about adultery last week and I I, I said, listen, that adultery, that concept is, is not just for, for, for people that are, are married because they might get married. And if you're sleeping with them just because they're single now, you're sleeping with somebody else's future wife. So don't do it. Don't even give into it. Avoid even the appearances of evil. If you don't want to do that, if you want to, don't want to live that way, and if you think I'm old-fashioned or I'm stupid, like, it is what it is, right? I'm, I'm just preaching the word. You don't have to be mad at me. You don't have to call me old-fashioned. You just, you, you just need to tell God that his word is irrelevant. doesn't apply anymore. In the last 50 years, everything's changed, God, so I don't need this. Because that's what you'll do. And that's your decision or you can say God I'm remorseful I'm repenting and I'm turning from my ways." I'm gonna take three extra minutes to share a story I didn't do it in the first service but when uh, my wife and I were on a trip and I've, I've shared this to a few of you before but my wife and I were, were on a mission trip early in, in our, uh, our, our ministry. We were about 22, 23 years old. We just graduated college. We took a, a, a basketball ministry that we were affiliated with in Miami to the Bahamas for a year. And while we were in the Bahamas, uh, my wife and I were pretty lonely there were times when, you know, we were doing the ministry and there was the day camps and the after-school programs and the, the tournaments, and it was all evangelistic. We were reaching kids and sharing the love of Christ. But during the day and at night, sometimes it would get lonely. and It was just the two of us, and sometimes we'd get tired of looking at each other all the time, right? And, and sometimes I couldn't sleep at night. She's in the other room in this little apartment right there in the Bahamas, and, and I'm up late at night, and uh, I just decided at that moment to, to give in to my temptation at 20 whatever I was, 23 years old, married to my wife, and began to watch, and it was back in the days of that cable television where the porn was like, you, you know what I'm talking about, where you watch it, but the, the channel is messed up? It's funny, right? But it's, it, you could still make out the images and that. That's what I did for several minutes that night, several, probably 15 minutes. My wife was asleep in the other room not at all aware of what was going on. And I wake up the next day with remorse. I wake up the next day with guilt. I wake up the next day thinking to myself, what in the world did I do? Like here I am, a missionary for God. I'm on this mission trip in the Bahamas. Here I am trying to reach young people for Jesus. That's all we were there for. And at night I'm I'm watching porn on a stupid, like, you know, distorted cable channel. And I still remember where I was. I still remember driving. I was on Bay Street, driving past the golf course on our way to our, our, our event, our next project that day. And I couldn't live with it. And I say, honey, I, I just got to tell you, last night I, I was looking at porn. And uh, it wasn't just flipping channels. And, 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 and No, I was literally watching porn. Let me tell you, man, that was one of the hardest things I'd ever said. And, um, and it, it, it was even harder for my wife to receive because it broke her heart. Here's this beautiful 22-year-old girl alone on the island with this guy that she's like, who is this guy? Who am I with? And what is he doing? It was the hardest thing I, I did... But guess what? It was the best thing I did, because you know what? All of a sudden, she knew a struggle that I had. She began to hold me accountable. She began to stay up a little later. She began to make sure that I wasn't doing stupid stuff. And um, I knew that she knew. And because of that, that helped to start that repentant work in me. Not just, God, I'm sorry I got caught, or I'm sorry this happened. But instead, it's like, I don't want to break my wife's heart. Anymore. It changed everything. To the point where lust and, and and this kind of thing has not had a major hold. I'm not saying that from time to time it doesn't try to raise up its head, but it has, has changed everything for us. I w- I want to challenge you. Have some hard conversations. Talk to your spouse. Share some, some of your struggles. Change the course of your future, your family, by pursuing purity. Would you stand with me this morning? So, um, this morning is, the uh, first Sunday of the month, and on the first Sunday of the month, we receive communion together, and, um... It's a time when when you just kind of do some business with God, kind of make sure that your heart is right, that your life is right, and if there's any sin that you just say, God, I'm, I'm turning from it. I'm asking you to forgive me, repenting of that sin and saying, change me. Maybe, maybe for somebody in the room, this is the first time you've even heard about this and you don't even know what it's all about. Number one, I, I invite you, if you don't want to participate, you don't have to. There's no guilt if you don't. But if you want to participate, I invite you to. But the only requirement is, is that here and now you ask Jesus to become Lord and Savior of your life. If there's sin, you repent of it. You ask Him to forgive you, make you right with Him. If that's you today, if you want to do that and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer in just a moment, but maybe for another person in the room or a few people in the room, it's, it's a prayer of sanctification. It's a prayer that, you know, Lord, I'm saved, but there's still this sin inside of me. There's this seed, there's this hint of evil in me, and I, I need to ask your forgiveness, and I need to be set free from it. Today can be the day that he transforms you from the inside out, Beguns, begins a, a, a restorative, sanctifying work in your life. You don't have to live the way you've always lived. You can be a new creation in Christ. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes with me, I'm just going to pray this prayer. And if you don't know Jesus, I invite you to pray this prayer out loud with me as I pray it. And, and I invite the congregation, even the followers of Jesus to pray it because uh, I don't want anybody to pray alone. If you are a follower of Christ, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today I declare you as Lord and Savior of my life. And Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. For the people in the room now, let me just pray over you. Jesus, I thank you for these people that have made this declaration. If that was you today, just lift your hand right where you're at. If that was you today, just lift your hand. I see your hand over here. Anybody else, if that was you today, just lift your hand right where you're at. For the people in the room this morning or those of you that are online, and maybe it's not that prayer, but maybe it's this sanctifying work. Maybe it's like, Pastor, I heard what you said, and I know Jesus, but I'm not right with him. There's a little bit of sin. There's a hint of sin in my life and today I want his sanctifying grace to cover me and change me if that's you today would you just lift your hand and say pastor pray for me if that's you today I see your hand in the back I see your hand in the back I see your hand over on my left anybody else anybody else that says pastor sanctify pray I'm praying for sanctification of my life Jesus you see hands but you know hearts you know every person in the room you know the struggle that they're facing God, I pray that you would do a sanctifying work in these that are calling unto you, that you would change them from the inside out. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, God, just begin to change them. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. As we receive communion together today, Christ set this covenant up with us. Right before he went to the cross, he had his final meal with his disciples, and he says, hey, I want you to remember the covenant that I made with you. And whenever you eat of this bread, I want you to do this remembering my body broken for you, what he did on the cross. Would you take and eat this bread with me today? And he said, whenever you drink of this cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you to preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. In other words, it's not what you did, it's what I did for you. Let's take and drink this together, remembering that covenant that he made with us. God, again, thank you for your body broken and your blood shed. To preserve us, blameless and everlasting life, we surrender all these things into your hands. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's sing together. Amen. Come on, man. Let's give God praise today for what he's doing. So uh, just want to say, first of all, I love you. I I care for you, and I want to help you. I want to help you win in relationships. I want to help you win in your family, and I want to break generational curses that may have been passed on from your parents and it's finding its way into your houses. Uh, If we can pray for you, if I can pray for you, I'm going to be at this little Next Steps tent and uh, pull me aside. Let's talk together. Let me pray with you, help you take some steps to find that accountability, to find a place where you can be open and honest with somebody about this. Whatever your need is, whatever the situation is, man, we want to minister to you and help you uh, as you grow in your relationship with God and with those significant others in your life. All right. We love you guys. Thank you. Mikey, come on up.
0: All right and you can just stay standing with us for just a second um hey i bet you didn't plan on going to church this morning and hearing about 50 shades of gray right that's that's kind of what happens every new church but hey man seriously pastor trevor thank you man for being vulnerable for being honest for leading by example uh, it's not an easy thing to do but you did it my brother and we're blessed because of it so thank you can we give it up for our pastor Sure, and hey, just some some quick stuff, some upcoming stuff we got here going on at Renew Church. Next Saturday, we're having a family movie night, drive-in style. Bring your own blankets, free popcorn. It's going to be a great opportunity to just maybe invite some friends that typically wouldn't come to church. It's a cool way to just introduce them to what we're doing. I promise you we're not going to be talking about porn, so it's going to be a good opportunity. Bring some people in, and we're going to enjoy family movie night. Um, Also, that Saturday growth track is the following day, that's Sunday. Um, If you're newer to Renew Church, hey, we want to get to know you guys. We want you to to come and get to know us a little bit more. It's just it's after second service. It's just a short little bit just to kind of see who we are, see the inside of Renew Church and and get to know us a little bit more. We'd love to see you there. And if you'd like to give to Renew Church, just want to let you know there's a few ways that you can do that. The First way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can drop it off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it on Online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786 565 1165. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for who you are, Lord. Uh, we pray for this offering this morning. God, I pray that you use it. God, use it to, to bring people in and, and build your kingdom, Father. And I pray that you'd bless these, your children, oh God, as they worship you and as they trust you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next week.